Professor Cream Pie Von Kitty Cat or whatever. What the fuck are you? Bambi Joe Cream Cheese. You don't understand that Bigfoot reference, John? Bambi Joe Cream Cheese. <laughs> Chapter 5? It's, it's one of the stories. It's one of the only stories that has a woman in it. So I'm disa- disappointed in you. John. Me? Yeah, you didn't know that? You don't know that reference? The Bambi Joe Cream Cheese reference? From the Bigfoot, yeah. Fill me in. What page is that? 69. <laughs> oh! Nice. Are we recording? Yeah. Unfortunately, no. I am. Recording. I'm about to hashtag. I'm about to hashtag me too. Ted Cruz over here. <laughs> oh, Ted C, please. Ted C. Oh, oh Ted. Ted sorry. Oh yeah. Look at me messing with so, your anonymity. Sitting senator. That actually transitions really well, Fred. So I have two stories, and one of them is a little. Uh, <laughs> one of them is you me tooing Ted Cruz. <laughs> Yeah, so one of them is a little bit out there, and I've gone like back and forth and back and forth on whether or not to do it, and just fucking do it, you coward. So and we're gonna then, hear that one first. <laughs> I don't think I can do. I mean, I'm like, I need to calibrate a little bit. So I'm just saying, I would prefer if it's a, amenable to the group. I have a horrifying story. <laughs> it's amenable. I have, I have a more um, Brittany's, a normal. Brittany's open to it. Do you guys want to pray real quick? Do you want to? Yeah, I, I think that's a I, great I idea. I, I prayed too, but Ted, I like doing Ted seems terrified about this. Yeah, this I love it. This, this is supposed to be a season of joy and giving, Ted. All right, Ted, lead, lead, us prayer, lead, us, Ted? lead us in prayer. Six pound, eight ounce, baby Jesus, please. <laughs> um, okay. Joke prayer is what we're doing, is what you're saying. Okay, yeah, don't take it seriously. Um, God. Um, we welcome you into this podcast. Uh, grant us the serenity to accept the things we cannot change, the courage to change, wait, the things we can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Please help me, dear God. We're off to a great start. <laughs> it's going to be good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call an audible and just say that the prayer that I did before we got on the Zoom counts. <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah, I'm going to go with that one. So on that note, (laughs) welcome to the podcast greater than yourself holiday episode, holiday special, holiday extravaganza. I don't know if this is going to be rise to the occasion of extravaganza, but (laughs) it's extra and it's a little vaganza. (laughs) I don't know the etymology of that word at all. Anybody? Let's stop everything and find out. Ted, are you on it? Okay, Google that. Um, yeah, cool. Uh, so we've got some friends together here today to discuss. Basically, we're all just checking in, trying to stay safe for the holidays, trying to trying to white knuckle it through another another holiday sober. So really, this is all. This is just going to be a three hour 
um, meeting in a podcast format about how we avoid drinking during the holidays, right? Isn't that why we... Followed by followed by two hours where we will literally list every Alano club in the United States that has meetings for 24 hours straight, you know, during the holiday season. Perfect. And we'll just go through each one. So just stay tuned at the end. So you can just, we're going to do an alphabetical order. <laughs> I'm sad. I'm sad. Our other guest could not make it uh, because I believe she had uh, a story about doing that kind of stuff mm. <laughs> in early sobriety. Um, but very, very stoked that our friend Brittany was able to hop in on such short notice. Thank you for doing that. Of course. I love a marathon meeting. <laughs> <laughs> well, get ready. I hope you're ready to podcast for 24 hours. It's, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be real fun. And we have another, uh, we have a, actually a first timer, <laughs> Bambi Joe cream cheese. <laughs> <laughs> which which uh, Ted claims is in the big book. Page 420. I mean, Page 420. If, okay. it's, if it's not in the big book, then I'm not going to talk about it. So. It's It'll be <laughs> it'll be in edition five. You know, when I was thinking about this, as we were asking people to do it, I kind of felt... <laughs> like a little uh i don't know nip of self-consciousness because i was like i don't all of the when i think about like in terms of what we talk about in this podcast when i think about the holidays <sighs> all of my holidays are just like a blur of just just getting wasted and i think we've talked about it a couple times definitely on the halloween episode last year we talked about it where it was like you know i i um, all my holiday stories, they're not really stories. It's just like, I was like, yeah, it's time to take some time off from being a <laughs> drunk, wasted, drug addict, loser, and like, uh, go somewhere else and do that, you know? And like, just go even more, more full bore. <laughs> um, and there, there's a lot of those times that stick out, but there's not really like stories, you know what I'm saying? Um, the only thing that I, that really really came to mind was um, a time me and my buddy Justin um, he he had just gotten a job at a big hotel chain and he was like working in like their call center or something and um, this was I don't know like two thousand four or something like that it's a good while ago um, but he. <laughs> He's like a really high strung dude and also a, like a huge stoner. Uh, so it's an interesting combination already just like a really high strung guy, very neurotic and like a fumbling kind of person. Um, but he had gotten this job and he was like, Hey, I can get, you know, like crazy ass deals on hotels. But of course this is like in the middle of winter, um, you know, right around Christmas, and we were just like, "Well, yeah, let's let's not get like criminally wasted at my apartment tonight. Let's go get like totally shit faced at some random hotel, you know." Um, and so he was able to book this room at this resort, this like really fancy one, and um, we go out there. Just it's kind of like the 
<laughs> the opening of Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. We have like a suitcase <laughs> of drugs, you know. Um, and we had we had made some pot brownies and stuff. Like we were just, you know, it was we were prepared for like a week, um, and we were you know going to be there for sixteen hours or whatever. <laughs> um, but this place was like one of those uh, hotel resorts where you could tell it's very busy during the sunny weather months, which this was not. So we get there and it's just like totally empty. It's totally dead. The place is surrounded by like really nice swimming pools with like, you know, uh, fancy, like those fancy lighted swimming pools where they're lighted from underneath and the lights change colors and all this crazy stuff. Tennis courts and like there's a it's like on a lake and like there's all these boats and stuff, but everything is just totally empty and we go there and um, we're like We're in the we're in the hotel room and he's just being like super neurotic, you know, and he's doing the thing like Like he's the type of guy the type of stoner who like I have to smoke weed every 20 minutes, you know, like to stay alive um, But he's also he's also like completely convinced that um the manager when we checked in like somehow knows that he works in a call center for this you know billion dollar company and that's how he got like a discount on the room meanwhile you know this lady has, has no idea what's going on she's like whatever um so we're like in the in the hotel bathroom you know he's got like towels on every you know under the door and all this stuff and like taping up the alarm and everything and um you know we're we're just to like smoke a bowl of weed you know <laughs> we're like growing pot or something um and just because i'm me you know i've already eaten a pot brownie and i'm like snorting ambien <laughs> and we're like you know we're drinking um and uh i'm just like let's go for a walk dude because yeah, obviously. And it's kind of like a drizzly, like really cold, you know, super dark winter night. And, um, we're, we're leaving the hotel room and his like fumbliness is like cranked up super high. Cause he was also one of those dudes where, so I refer to him as a shit magnet. Like that's just how I refer to him. I, I know it like sounds rude, but <laughs> If you like the way to describe him perfectly is if you're if you're still stepping on to if you're like getting on the Muni, you're get you're getting on the bus, getting in the subway, whatever it is, and there's a hundred people on the train, like the insane homeless dude will zero in on him and just go off on him like a hundred times out of a hundred. He's just like a <laughs> shit magnet. He like has that karma, he draws stuff in. Like if you're walking down the street heading to the movies and a, a flock of pigeons attacks anyone it's him like it's just happening every time it's just this weird thing and like um i think part of that is because he's like so fumbling and it's like so funny to watch it happen and i think that everyone instinctively picks up on that right when they meet him in including pigeons apparently um so we're like we're in this hotel and I'm egging him on to get like way more fucked up than than he wants to get fucked up, you know, because that's kind of like my role. I'm so he's the fumbling guy, and I'm the douchebag who like makes your friends get way more high than they want to get. Um, and so we're gonna leave, we're gonna head out. It's a modern hotel room, you know, key card thing or whatever. As we're leaving, I'm like halfway down the hall to the elevator, and he's like not with me. And I turn around and I see him, 
And so I like, <laughs> he's back at the room still, right? I walk back and I'm just like, what's going on? And he's at the door. He's like, I'm trying to, the door won't lock. And I'm just like, it's a fucking key card. Like, you don't have to lock the door, dude. It's a key card. And he's just like fidgeting, fumbling with the door. I'm like, come on, man, let's go, let's go. And so like, we leave, uh, we get in the, the elevator, we go, and we're just like roaming around, you know, tripping out, being weird for a while. Um, we come back and when we... Uh, when we get back to the um, to the hotel, we're like getting off the elevator, and as we're getting off, the manager lady from the front desk is like getting onto the elevator. And this is not the first time that me and him have been like <laughs> drugged out, stinking of drugs, and you know, like out of our minds on an elevator, um, <clears throat> using his discount or whatever. So his mind is like in hyperdrive, and then. <clears throat> we start walking up the elevator and this guy or this lady walks by us toward the elevator and he's like, Oh shit. Like, do you think she knows? <laughs> you know, it's just like, we're, we're grownups. It's like, we're not 13, dude. Um, I was like, who cares if she, what do you mean? Who cares if she knows? What is she going to like, we're paying for a room. There's no one else in this giant hotel. She's going to call her parents. Right. Exactly. And, um, so, you know, it was like three more rooms down. We get to the room. And I walk up to the door first and like, not only is the door not locked, he didn't close the door. <laughs> the door is just open. It's just sitting there open. It's like two inches open. You know how those, they just like kind of hover. Um, and I'm just like, what, dude, what the fuck? What are you doing? So he's convinced that this lady has gone and like opened our room and gone through the room and like, you know, snuck around and looked at all our shit and stuff. And like, again, to like plump up her dossier of information on him <laughs> to like, let the call center boss know, Hey, you know, this, this entry level employee who just earned a discount, you know, is like, is like doing drugs at our hotel. Um, Oh yeah. And also when she's done snooping around, she, of course she leaves the door wide open. Right. That's, yeah. Cause that's what you would do. <clears throat> so we're, um, we're hanging out we're, you know, like, I think I, I talk him down eventually. And it's probably when the pot brownie started to kick in and he ended up somehow passing out and I stayed up and like bought a bunch of mo movies on, on his, <laughs> <laughs> on his credit card. Um, but the, the reason that the story came to mind is because I remembered the, the, like the first thing that happened the next morning was that like, you know, I woke up just like, you know, insanely hungover and stuff and started drinking. And then he woke up. And the first thing that I did when he woke up was take a picture of him <laughs> because I'm an asshole. Um, and I found that picture and I'm going to try to share it with you guys right now. <laughs> Just because I want, I want you to see how much ju fun Justin was having that morning. <laughs> I can't wait. Oh my god! There it is. <laughs> I've looked like, like that on many a morning. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like an extra from SLC Punk. <laughs> it's, it's like uh, warmed over Exorcist extra. I have a picture of one of the last times I did coke waking up. Well, I didn't sleep, but I took a picture of myself in the morning and it very similar. Very, very similar. Was this I one of those like, 
was this one of those um I'm gonna take a picture so I remember this picture. Oh yeah, or... it was it was like I, I'm such a piece of shit. Like I was coming down so hard, I was like, you fucking bitch. Like you remember this feeling. <laughs> <I've laughs> this self knowledge will now I wanna find it. On... <laughs> yeah, yeah, find it. Let's see it. <laughs> I can't remember if I've ever told this story here, but uh, when I was on like a pretty serious meth uh, run and I was living at this really shitty motel and uh, I was doing like the, um, the, the pompadour look, you know, the <laughs> 2015, you know, <laughs> retro pomp. And uh, it was very important to me. I was going to go to this bar next door. And it was very important to me that I, my hair was on point but I didn't have a blow dryer and the the motel was such a piece of shit motel that they didn't even have a blow dryer in the room. <laughs> and so I used the, um, I tried to use like the, the through the wall, like, like an <laughs> air conditioner. <laughs> Were you like funneling it? <laughs> like trying yeah. to focus the, the energy of the fucking. <laughs> and I spent so long doing that as well as like getting ready in the mirror while also doing meth that I just never left the room. <laughs> John, one of the things I love about your story is that I love the, uh, the, the idea that like, Oh, we're going to do what we do every weekday night, <laughs> yes. but we're going to do it in, in, instead it's of a, special a house, occasion. instead of a house a with multiple areas, we're going to do it in a single room <laughs> yeah. with, with two beds. Yeah, right. Exactly. And it's going to, it's going to be completely different. Absolutely. Uh, and me and one other friend, grown ass man are just going to hang out in a tiny room, with two beds all night. Uh, it's going to be lit as fuck and just get <laughs> Powerful oh. fucked. Oh, oh wow. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> you couldn't have gotten your whole head in the frame. <laughs> you, couldn't have, you couldn't have framed the photo better. It's you taking the, the selfie. <laughs> I was so coked out, like <laughs> your skin looks pretty good. Oh, yeah. Good skin. <laughs> the beads of sweat on my forehead. <laughs> this this is like the profile picture of like the crazy cat lady on next door or something. <laughs> oh, that was a horrific. Day. This is the lady who's like who's like uh, complaining about people's yard signs on next door app. I feel like this is like Who the main character. Crack. Yeah, uh, the main character in the next A twenty four film, like Goat yeah, exactly. Farm or whatever. Exactly. <laughs> Did anyone hear those gunshots? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> At two a.m., my uh, it's July fourth. It's like it's July you, 4th you see this face. You see this face <laughs> accompanied by the post. A post that's like, "I am sick and tired of the of you shadow people lurking around my my backyard." <laughs> You're disturbing my birds. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's, great. <laughs> that's excellent. I have a. I have some extra uh, uh, like Blue Lives Matter signs that I'm selling for a dollar fifty. If anybody wants them, or best offer. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Also, banana bread. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
a very similar experience with John where I was like, I've went through like all of my holidays and they're all the same. They're very, they're like, they're all drug, like alcoholic stories, but none of them are interesting. They're all, the story can be summed up in 20 seconds. It's like, yeah, I had all my friends come out and then we went to a bar and then I blacked out and then we got kicked out of the bar. Like, it's like clockwork or like, oh yeah, I disappointed my entire family by showing up drunk. Um, I thought about doing Father's Day where I blacked out in our restaurant at 8 p.m. and then presented my dad with his gift and then how disappointed he was. <laughs> so there's a bunch of there a bunch of things like that. Um, but so what I came up with was all right. I have to, I had to Google the date. Hold on. <laughs> Supporting documentation. <laughs> well, because it's not really a holiday. <clears throat> the date was March 25th, 2018 which as everyone knows was the day that stormy Daniels did her 60 minute interview <laughs> about her sexual encounter with president Donald Trump. Um, which I don't know. I don't know what day of the week it was, but I believe it was a Saturday. Um, I had been drinking that whole morning when I found out that stormy was giving her interview and I latched onto that. I latched on to the fact that that interview was happening at 8 p.m. And I made a big deal out of it. I'm like, oh, I'll be fun guy. And I'm like texting all my friends. I'm like, let's all come over to my house. We're going to watch Stormy's interview. It's like a national holiday, right? Uh, I texted my girlfriend at the time. I'm like, it's going to be super fun. And then my whole bit for the whole day was like, when Stormy Daniels comes on TV and tells you that she fucked the president, you got to come, you know, you have to drink. You have to have a big day out of it. You have to make it into a thing. And then at some point in the day, after everybody had shown up, I was like, I got it in my head. I was like, when Stormy Daniels comes on TV and tells you she's fucking a president, you have to get 40s. Everybody has to get 40s. So we um, we walked to a very, very sketchy gas station and I bought everybody 40s of Cobra. Oh, yeah. And and then I guess there was and I, I want to reiterate that at this point I was already. I'd been drinking all day, right? Um, I'm like 110 pounds soaking wet. Uh, and I've been drink just, just drinking. And um, there was a kid in this convenience. It was like one of those kind of sketchy, like a food desert convenience store where there's like a <laughs> banana and they have like a deli with a, you know, and then a malt liquor and that's it. But for some reason there's a kid in there and I'm like, I love kids. I love kids. And it's, it's challenging to be a, a grown man who likes kids because you want to be for me anyway, like you want to be friendly and nice and like, but you don't want to be fucking weird. And it's really hard to find that, to thread that needle when you're fucked up at 2 PM. So I start paying like way too much attention to this little kid and I'm with my fiance and she's like, oh, dude, come on, let's go. Um, so that was weird. And then we're like, at that point, we're like a mile from a McDonald's. And I'm like, let's just walk to the McDonald's. Like I, I force everybody carrying the forties to walk to McDonald's. We go in, we get fries. We walk like two miles back. We show up and now Stormy's about to come on. Um, I pound my 40. It's my 40 is gone by the time she even shows up. My girlfriend at the time did not like malt liquor, surprisingly. So I start drinking her 40. Surprisingly. Uh, so I've now had one and a half Cobras and I have absolutely no recollection of Stormy Daniels' interview. I don't know what happened after that. I remember waking up the next day and the thing that was just the fucking delusion on top of all of it was I woke up the next day and I was like, I'm a fun guy. I put together, 
I put together a fun day for us. I'm charming, right? And then my, that's my whole memory of this was like, if you had asked me a couple of years ago, like, how'd that day go? I was like, that was a great fucking day. Well, like everyone will always remember Stormy Daniels' interview because of that. And it wasn't until planning for this pod, trying to figure out what the fuck to do, um, that I mentioned it to uh, my fiance. And she was like, that sucked. That was <laughs> shitty. <laughs> like, that was one of the more embarrassing things that you've done. And it was an unpleasant day. And I uh, didn't ever realize it. So I was just, the point of the story is only that how desperate you are, like when you want to turn one day into a drunkathon and no one wants to join you and you will just latch on to fucking anything to make it happen and just try to like, try to make this into a thing and no one has wants anything to do with it. And uh, you embarrass yourself. So yeah march 25th 2018 <laughs> holiday holiday the the i remember like when my wife and i first met when we were dating it was like like <clears throat> i thought i thought we were having so much fun and then like when i like when i when i was thinking about it for this podcast thinking back on it i was like in at first i'm like yeah you know that was that was a really cool, you know, we we really made it official like right right before Thanksgiving time and and we spent Thanksgiving and Christmas together. And then like when I really thought about it, I was like, that was like that basically boiled down to like me forcing her to drink more than she wanted to in, <laughs> in my sad little bedroom in San Francisco with Christmas lights hanging up as the only lighting, like forcing her to watch Christmas movies and stuff while, while I just power drink all day long. It's just like, I'm not sure that that was fun for everyone. <laughs> Why did I force people to participate in this? <laughs> I just done this by myself. So weird. What were you doing on March National 20th. Stormy Daniels Day there, Bambi March Joe? 25th. Bambi Joe. Um, well, God, let's see. Was that, was it 2018? <laughs> March 25th. This was before was they made it a national holiday. That's right. Yeah. Um, although I will say I've read, I, I've, I've audibled, like I had a free, a freebie on audible. And um, you used it for that. I did the Stormy Daniels autobiography. Oh, nice. But here's oh, what's funny. Amazing. She doesn't so she doesn't read it. A Tony Award winning actress reads it. Okay. So that's a whole other level of, you know, looking at this <laughs> kind of like elderly woman who has all of these awards read, you know, the Stormy Daniels story basically um and it's it is it was quite hilarious i was like compelling yes very yeah not all not it was very interesting anyway um yeah i cannot tell you what i was doing on march 25th uh 2018 i probably annoying somebody but um i uh i can tell you about my first sober christmas Sounds like a Hallmark uh, movie. It does. My first Bambi, Bambi Joe and the first sober Christmas. It's like big yeah. city alcoholic goes back to the hometown and meets meets a chiseled Absolutely. jaw guy in an AA meeting, and then they like somehow save yeah. the town and fall in love and stay sober. And then it snowed. Yeah, it snowed in Florida. Yeah, it was great. He has a golden retriever. Um, yes, absolutely. He, he has a golden, he keeps her golden retriever puppy. Right. Right. He takes her she through the steps. Right. No. She decides that in <laughs> the lieu 12 of doing steps coke, of Christmas. 
<laughs> she will. Is that what this she is will called? Instead, open a Christmas. Store. That's good. <laughs> it's um, always been a dream say, of mine to open a Christmas store. Christmas store. <laughs> it's just globes, just snow globes. Never seen snow. Like the the second the second scene is like uh, her at the bank, like presenting a a business plan. <laughs> right. And the and the subtitle is is uh, I never saw snow that wasn't up my nose. <laughs> <laughs> a story. So um, so yeah. So I had gotten sober, and uh, it was my first. It was my first like real sober holiday, and um, I I had three things that were drilled into me at that time: uh, people, places, and things. I was supposed to avoid. I was supposed to do a ninety and ninety. And that if I missed a meeting in the 90 and 90, I had to start all over again. Um, oh, and that I was probably going to die during the holidays because that was a big thing that, that was taught was, you know, we lose a lot of people during the holidays. Yeah, because so, nouns are everywhere. Because nouns are everywhere, <laughs> especially in the Sunshine State. So um, so I made sure that, like, I... <laughs> uh, for Christmas that year, um, every Christmas prior, I always asked for real big ticket items because they're easier to pawn. And, nice. uh, you know, it's, it's, it was just, it was just made more sense, you know, to ask for like an iPod, you know, that I was never going to use, uh, but I knew exactly where to take it. Um, and so that year to prevent me from having something that I could pawn, I asked for nothing but like sobriety related gifts Oof. so i got a serenity prayer bracelet <laughs> sterling silver that went around my uh my Hot. wrist i got a book called don't let the bastards grind you down <laughs> i got a book called the 12 step guide for misfits freaks and weirdos mm. oh. and a book called come to believe so i had those three things plus my serenity prayer bracelet and uh i proceeded i was told I, I was told very specifically that like i said it's it's the holidays and you can't miss your 90 and 90 right so um <clears throat> so i had to go to my dad's and uh they i think they told me to take somebody with me like they were like you know take a take a sober pal you know like the people like, at your home group or something right yeah like they were like yeah take a oh no take someone from the halfway house that was the, you know, and I was like, I don't want to do that. So case <laughs> I don't want those people around my family. I don't know these people. <laughs> so, so I went by myself and, um, I remember this very clearly. I had gone to, uh, a shoe store and I got these like hooker boots that went up to my knees. They were black leather and they zipped up and I thought these were appropriate to wear in my father's house. <clears throat> so I had those on and uh and like a skirt and a sweater or whatever um also at the time i was told to leave my husband so i was going through a divorce so because they said that clearly i was not going to be able to stay sober if i was married somebody so. told you to leave your husband <laughs> absolutely oh my so, god that's just that's just good sponsorship right there <laughs> holy so, shit which step, which step is that one <laughs> I, that's uh 14. Yeah. So I'm going through, so I'm going through a divorce. I, I don't have him by my side. I'm not at, I'm not at his family's house. And so I go to my dad's house and my dad 
is at the time, <clears throat> you know, may he rest in peace, was um, a serious alcoholic also. So uh, as I walked into the party, there was a giant Santa with a martini in his hand greeting you at the door. <laughs> and I thought to myself, oh, my God, I'm never going to stay sober through this. <laughs> <laughs> and I uh, I walked around in my in my boots and uh, let's see. Uh, and 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 to anyone that would listen. <laughs> told them i was sober <laughs> like, just anybody. people i didn't know people i did know you know whatever i just i just was like you know he's like hi i'm baby joe and i'm so i'm sober you know oh, how are you doing you know like can't you would you like me to tell you about the 12 steps oh anyway so um and at the have time you ever read come to believe people. i brought it with me if you I'm, I'm a freak in sobriety. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, wearing, I'm wearing this bracelet to remind me to stay sober. I mean, it was just ridiculous. Um, I go to free thinkers and- meetings. Oh, you don't know what that is? Let me tell you about what a free thinker meeting is. Uh, oh, my God. It was kind of ridiculous. And uh, oh, and at the time, holy shit, I totally forgot about this. So at the time that I was in this particular fellowship, I had another person tell me that I might have a problem with food. So I should go to that other fellowship too. Sure. So I I have in that particular fellowship is very big on no sugar, no flour. So I'm at a Christmas party. <laughs> no sugar, no Ted, flour. Ted's losing his mind. <laughs> no alcohol. And yeah, so I'm walking around. There's nothing I can eat, you know, except for like cheese or something. Um <laughs> I have to oh and and at that particular fellowship you have to call in your food. Yep. So I had to call in my food before I ate it. Like call a person uh, and tell them yeah. We were were you in oh, Nexium? Yeah. Were you in that cult from <laughs> no. the HBO show? Dude, that's a I know, yeah, so, that's So Are these people in federal prison now, Bandy? <laughs> that's OA. I'm standing I'm standing out on my, on my father's lawn. You know, my father is probably on his 15th martini at this point. I'm standing out on my father's lawn with a flip phone and trying to call in my food to my food sponsor. And I'm miserable, obviously. And uh, and then so I come back inside and, you know, someone comes up to me and they just innocently ask me about my husband. Like they just say, so Bambi Joe, how's you know so and so? Professor Pickles. <laughs> started. I literally was like, I don't know. <laughs> I just started like bawling my eyes out, and you know. Um, so then I called uh, another person in uh, in the in the fellowship, and <laughs> she was like, "You need to get to a meeting." <laughs> So, um, so I left my dad's house, uh, and you know, he, I don't think he really noticed at that point, but like he, I left my dad's house and I went to uh, a marathon meeting that was going on that was taking place on the bottom floor of a crack den mm. because the Good crack den was it. on the top floor <laughs> and the meeting was on the bottom floor. Is that because so, we're on an elevator that only goes down? 
Oh, there you go. Well played, Ted. Well played. Is the meeting called Rock uh, Bottom? The Rock Bottom Group. <laughs> oh God! No, if only. No, it was so. So I, you know, I'm I'm in this place, and there's you know like kind of a long table full of food that I can't eat, and uh, I'm sitting next to, you know, everybody. Crack and, that you can't uh, smoke. <laughs> right, and I'm crying. I, I just just hysterically crying um and uh and utterly and completely miserable um however two really wonderful things came out of that christmas um around that time a group of people decided that they were going to go caroling and i'd never been caroling before i'd never been caroling you know drunk or sober so they decided they were actually going to create a caroling group to go to these different rehab centers and I was like, okay, I'll come. And this was like a, a big uh, ordeal because we traveled all around Florida. It was, you know, hours and hours and hours and stuff. And it was um, a lot of fun. And a woman who happened to be at one of those treatment centers um, hit me up like many, many, many years later and said that that was a really amazing thing that we did that night and that she actually asked me to sponsor her later on. So it was, it was pretty cool. How, I don't remember anything about that night. Um, the other thing was my mom, my mom took me out for breakfast and she, uh, and she said, you know, I, I was never able to trust you with this before. She's like, but this is the first ring that I ever bought myself when I was working at the bank. And it was this beautiful emerald ring and she gave it to me and she said and and now i know that i can trust you with this because i know you won't pawn it Mm. and uh and that was my that was like the one christmas present i got that wasn't you know sobriety related um you know and uh i don't have any of those books anymore (laughs) but but damn it i made that 90 and 90 that's for damn sure um but yeah i mean uh, it was uh that was my that was that was Bambi Joe and the first sober Christmas. Um, I thought I, I like how it came back full circle, where the mean old lady de- denying your business loan at the bank ended up being your mom, and then she gave you, <laughs> and then the, she gave you a ring. Yeah, that was cool. That was a cool twist. Cool twist for oh. Hallmark. Yeah, yeah. Midway yeah, through, I'm thinking we're 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 workshopping this name. Twelve days of Christmas. I don't know. Maybe t- right, twelve right. days of cringemas, something closer, mm. something oh, like that. Oh, that's good. I like that. <laughs> a, but you did the heartfelt ending. I I dig it. It was. Mm. I'm what a guessing roller coaster. Yeah, it was exactly. A roller coaster. It was a roller coaster. Because Watching Ted's mind holiday, get blown. <laughs> like Ted. like every single holiday I'd had is just the same as y'all. I mean, exactly. It literally was the same. It was just like. Where are we going to use today? Where are we going to drink today? Are we going to drink here? Oh, I have to make sure that we get out of dinner at t- in time so I can go party. Oh, who am I going to call to go party? You know, I mean, it was just this like, it, it, it was a never ending lather, rinse, repeat cycle. Right. And so I don't remember anything about that except for there was one Thanksgiving where I had started using very early on and someone made some kind of snide comment. And I went kicking open the door like Groucho Marx and kicked everybody out of the house. Does I don't, this is a total digression? But there's like there's 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 language that people in recovery use that like when I would hear people not in recovery when I was getting fucked up, 
I would hear people use it and it would, I, I would, it would feel very out of place. Like the term using, like did anybody here ever say like we were using the other day or like mm. I've been using, you know what I no. mean? But then like we no. say it all the time now about, you know, it's like, oh, he's using again or whatever, you know, and it's like, I remember yeah. my mom being like, have you been using? And I'd be like, ew, God, ew, <laughs> what? Yuck, mom, stop. <laughs> Have you been Meanwhile, doing pot? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like killing myself with drugs, but I'm like, ew, gross, mom, using, well, yuck. What is this, Maury? It's interesting My- that you should say that because there's people that refer to literally anyone who drinks right. and or smokes weed and or does anything at all as using. <laughs> yeah. Like, so like, they, they're like, you know, your mother uses. I'm like, she is a drinker you know but like she's not sitting there you know oh you're talking about people in recovery yeah yeah for sure yes yes it's it's like it's it's this sort of you know oh well he uses i'm like you mean (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) you mean my wife who drinks a cup of wine that's like this (laughs) it's like oh she's using in two hours a cup of wine like that Wow, yeah, what a crutch. cards on the table uh, that particular fellowship did more to push me into an eating disorder right right than any other thing ever that's ever. Uh, i mean i that was years that i had to unlearn that sure. sugar and flour are poison sugar and flour are poison sugar and flour are poison i have to Is call that someone every time i want to eat yes yeah they use the big book though don't they sometimes they do right sometimes you have to like get everything it's like every, you start your day you call your sponsor you do 11 you do like an 11 step with them right yeah. also no <laughs> caffeine so no caffeine no sugar no flour oh my god yeah so you're basically like a mormon no laughing no fucking no fun horrible <laughs> no what, i draw the line of fucking right <laughs> what yeah what we're talking about there is like a very specific chunk of people in that fellowship just like right. with just like with the people in Bambi's story, it's like this is a specific chunk of people in that 12-step fellowship who were like, For sure. you have to do this. You have to do that. Here's how you should live your life. Divorce your husband. It's, I don't hear that story and think, oh, yeah, I'm, that entire fellowship is not worth because right. I'm certain I'm certain that that has changed people's lives, that there are people who are who are have had an experience and have recovered and, you know. But it just sucks that what you don't hear about that, you hear about this other stuff. And I think Al-Anon is another example of one where it's like they get shit on and then you meet somebody who's really does Al-Anon and you're like, oh my God, this is incredible. Right. right? Like it's just, it's a bad rap. Same. I mean, same thing for AA for justifiably. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's interesting for me to watch you during that story because <laughs> like you, you, your experience with AA has almost entirely been you came into AA and someone gave you actual AA. And you recovered and you've never had a sponsor who's like telling you how to live your life or ridiculous shit out of the, that's not in the book. And 
if I had, if I had not had that happen, then I would have stayed. I would not have. I would have just stayed out. You know, like it would have been another however many years right. or decades or whatever. I just wouldn't. I wouldn't have been in a. I wouldn't have been willing to do. I was unwilling to do almost anything, but I certainly was <laughs> unwilling to do that at that time. Sure. I just hadn't. It just wasn't. Wouldn't have. Wouldn't have done it for me. Yeah. Well, I don't and know. Those, I don't know that. And during that time, I think I was probably the most miserable. Sure. That I, I ever bet. Been at that time. I mean, I was because you can't really eat. You have to bring your food everywhere. You have to weigh and measure food at a restaurant. I like how it keeps going that. back to the food. It's, <laughs> it's like, like, it's like, you can tell we're all hungry because we're just, wait, so, okay, so no know, flour? Like, Damn, I should get lunch. <laughs> <laughs> I thought living sober said you have to have a lot of sugar. Yeah, chocolate. <laughs> right? A lot of our, mem- imagine, well, let's see, that, like, I just imagine coming to AA and somebody's like, Oh, read the chapter about how you should have candy around. (laughs) (laughs) I've been to meetings where people legit freak out if there's no cookies there. Like one time they had like a whole business meeting because they didn't bring cookies and they were like, this is not a meeting. There's no cookies. Mm -hmm. Dead ass. I volunteered to be the cookie chair of a meeting for a month when I I just moved to this town and I didn't know anybody. And I was like, I'm going to. I'm going to do something. And the only thing I could get was bring the cookies. It was a very high anxiety month. Cause I was like, it's <laughs> like, do I want to bring, do I want to buy like the really bougie cookies and spend uh-huh. a fortune? Or is that too flashy? Will people start thinking that I'm trying too hard? So should I just get Oreos? Ted with his highfalutin cookies. Right. Who does Ted think he is? What are these Tate's? <laughs> what are these Tate's cookies? Tate's. Is it macaroon or macaron? <laughs> it depends. There's both. All right, Fred, what do you got? Okay. Um, so I have, uh, I have no solid memories of the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> None. Cause that was the time of year up. when you really rewarded yourself for being good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been racking my brain for weeks. Trying, <laughs> maybe I were maybe I was trying too hard, but I'm just like really trying to think about it. And I'm like, so I know I went through the, I definitely went through the the marathon meeting phase, you know, uh, in sobriety. I definitely went through the rewarding myself phase. I went through the having a family and trying to, you know, hide the drinking or like, you know, try to drink a bunch without be, you know, having it be super obvious. So I'll just give you two, two quick ones. So like in 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 active alcoholism, this is actually even pre drug addiction uh this is just i mean i was always like smoking pot and like taking pills but this was like before i was like addicted to any hard drugs um my brother-in-law from my first marriage was in town and uh we were supposed to go help my neighbor it was christmas eve we were supposed to go help my neighbor with like a project at his house that was going to take like 45 minutes and we got there like one in the afternoon and he had mixed up a pitcher of Long Island iced teas. Oh. <laughs> and uh, we stumbled back to the house about 6.45. <laughs> I had two young children who were heavily believed in Santa Claus. <laughs> and I come in raging drunk. My wife had made like 
we kind of had this like tradition, like the Christmas Eve, we did like spaghetti and meatballs. And so, um, <laughs> I, th- I think she has a photo, she, you know, but I, I don't have this, unfortunately, I don't have the photo to share with you guys, but, um, I'm on the couch. I have a bowl of spaghetti on my stomach and, uh, like sauce, just like all over my face and I'm passed <laughs> out and it's like seven <laughs> fifteen. you know? <laughs> We're supposed to be like reading the night before Christmas with book with the kids. And like, I'm literally like passed out drunk. Brutal. (laughs) Yeah. So that was active alcoholism. And now I'll bring you to recovery. Sort of. So um, (laughs) now I'm now I'm divorced and uh, living in a completely different state. So I was living in the Bay Area. And, uh, it was like Christmas had just happened. I was probably 18 months sober. I know people can't see me. I'm doing like air quotes. I was 18 months sober and my sister's friend and her husband, um, they, they had this like really sweet apartment, like in the dog patch. And it was like, like super awesome, really nice apartment. And they were going on a trip for the holidays. And so being the responsible sober person that I am, they thought, we'll ask Fred if he'll house it. And uh, so I'm like, first first night, probably it was probably the day after Christmas or something like that. I'm just like hanging out at their place and like any good house sitter, you know, snooping around. And, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I proceed to find uh the husband's uh weed stash and uh of course i went through the medicine cabinet and uh found a bunch of you know uh different things (laughs) and so this is kind of my mo never ask me to house sit when in active addiction or not active recovery uh so what i do is i'm like well i'll just smoke a little bit of his pot (laughs) (laughs) and take a couple pills and they won't even notice (laughs) that it's gone right it's perfect plan foolproof and so three days later (laughs) when they're coming back from their trip (sighs) and i've taken everything they had (laughs) smoked all the weed probably the thing is i could always convince myself that i wasn't relapsing because i would never drink right so, so was this whippets. was this the first day that they were gone when you snooped and found the shit? Oh yeah, okay. for sure. <laughs> okay. Probably the first forty five minutes. <laughs> it was probably like I probably checked checked to like their cable settings, you know, made sure I had good, you know, HBO and Showtime or whatever, mm-hmm. and then like immediately went to find something to like, get high. Rubbing your hands, <laughs> looking around, like, all right, how do I celebrate being rewarded with this responsibility? <laughs> So then what I did is I didn't stick around to greet them. Obviously I just left a note. Hey, thanks. You know, here's your keys, left the keys, whatever. And, uh, and then proceeded to avoid them like the plague for the next two years. (laughs) (laughs) The the saddest part of the story, Fred, is that you can never make amends to them because it will injure you. Yeah, exactly. And your others, your others. (laughs) Yep. That's true. That's so Never funny you went there. Up. I was going to say, what did that amends look like? 
So I actually did make amends to them. Yeah, you and, did. Uh, they are the nicest. They're the nicest people. I follow their entire family on all social media platforms. And um, that was your amends. Like, yes, that was my amends. It's a good living amends. I'm gonna drop you a, a follow there. <laughs> we actually we, we good. <laughs> we good. Except your actually went out to their house like uh, when I got sober this time, and uh, and I got to talk to both the husband and wife, and it was uh, yeah, they were super cool, and they they were like the husband was like he was like yeah, you know I I I was sh- I was like well maybe maybe I couldn't remember how much weed I had because I knew you were sober, <laughs> and so he was oh, like for no. for this entire time I've been thinking yeah I. Uh, I was sure that I had some weed and I came back and I was all excited to smoke some weed and then it was gone. And I was like, well, maybe I just didn't have any weed. <laughs> you poor naive normie. <laughs> oh man. We had this awesome opportunity to build a recording studio, me and some buddies. And we went and like, you know, we spent weeks doing this and like, the day that it was open, I went and like made all these copies of keys and stuff. And me and a bunch of buddies met up to go and like, you know, do the inaugural run and record some stuff. And my, my thing was like, I'm so stoked on that. <laughs> it was so similar to what you were just talking about. Like, it's just that idea of like, I have, I have heaps and heaps of experience that shows that, I really don't know what's going to happen when I, when I pick up, but, um, but every single time I'm like, this is going to go to plan for sure. Like having a bottle of Ativan, firstly, that's just going to take the edge off. Mm -hmm. Secondly, great idea to have a fifth of Jägermeister, even better idea to also have a fifth of Goldschlager. Blah. Double fisting Goldschlager oh. and Jägermeister while popping out of van. Fantastic way to ring in. I think this is New Year's. Oh. And uh, and this is the part oh, where you pass out with God. the spaghetti. I am like passed out on the bathroom floor with six friends surrounding me, begging me to throw up because they are all <laughs> like, you are going to die of alcohol poisoning. My friend, the guy from the story earlier, Justin, is shoving his fingers in my mouth. Trying to get me to throw up, and I just like won't puke, and I ended up just like passing out and sleeping it off. Woke up, I passed out so early. This was I remember it was New Year's because of this. I woke up so early, or I passed out so early that I woke up with like a couple hours before it was midnight and it nears, and like then went and like uh, rallied and got to hang out again and drink. Classic. Like what the fuck is wrong with you? And every and, and people around you who don't react to alcohol like that are just like, wow, this guy's really partying. <laughs> mm, no. You guys have horrible track records on New Year's of being awake for the ball drop when you're supposed you want to bring a date to a party and they the whole point is to kiss when the ball drops, and then I've my I'm like one for ten uh <laughs> of being uh there when the ball drops. You know? Right. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, he's an he's an early bird. No, no, he's he's blacked out under a tree somewhere. 
All right, Brittany, what do you got? Uh, you guys reminded me of so many memories that have been <laughs> shoved down and forgotten. <laughs> Uh, so I had a good stretch of years in my, in my late twenties, my, no, my late teens and early twenties where I spent either Thanksgiving or Christmas or both in rehab. Mm-hmm. Um, and also at that point, you know, my family wasn't really like inviting me to the holidays. Um, I was kind yeah. of a liability. <laughs> so, <laughs> So I was, I was in this cycle of, of detox rehab and I ended up in South Florida, um, you know, the capital of, of the detox industry. And, um, I was, I somehow managed to move out of my halfway house into my own little apartment. The only thing I had in the refrigerator was a bottle of jam that I got from the Bahamas where I spent my 21st birthday, white knuckle sober. And I had two kittens, bless, like I, I fed them with cat food, but I only ate jam. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so I was, I was not doing too good. Uh, <laughs> really? I'm not picking what? up on that. <laughs> I, I, it depends I was, on the flavor uh, of jam. I think I, I'm it was, interested. It was, I'm guava, kind of it was guava jam. Yeah, no, okay, you're right. Was, yeah. Guava jam. Guava jam. Hmm. So just like by the spoonful or yes, <laughs> like a spoonful a day. Yes. Yeah. Did you have to call and then a sponsor? handful, a handful of uh, Xanax and, and opiates as well? Yeah. So how does it work with jam? Do you, do you call, do you call in every spoon of jam or do you just call in jams? Like, <laughs> Hey, all I have to eat this week is jam. So just no, every like meal is going to be jam. You're good. Just go. <laughs> Didn't call that one in. Uh, <laughs> I like that, that it's a. Myself. I like it's a jam with a Xanax chaser. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like a fistful of Xanax and uh, and Roxy's. Um, and so I was, I was like dating this guy, this poor guy who was like a pizza delivery driver. Um, and <laughs> and there was no pot and, involved in this. <laughs> Wow. Oh, I'm sure. You couldn't he, have dropped off a pizza? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? He never did, I think. What the <laughs> hell, man? Oh, my God. Yeah. That's why she was sort of dating him. <laughs> yeah, I was just using him because he was like, he w- we would do the Roxy's together. And like, I would have him, like, I would call my dealer and be like, hey, I'm going to pretend to drop this in the parking lot. So he's going to get more, but give them to me, you know, and she was like, uh, she was all about it. Um, so, so yeah, that was, it was around Thanksgiving. I think, um, I was just doing my little, my little thing and this guy invites me. He's like, I want you to meet my mom. Uh, and oh I was like, God. sure, we're serious. Like, we're, you know, <laughs> this is good. I'm, I'm a good person. So little did I know his mom is a counselor at a drug and alcohol facility. Um, and we go to the cheesecake factory Ugh. for lunch and Ooh. i w- i had like you know almost probably about 10 bars of xanax on my stomach of jam and <laughs> <laughs> all i all i know is that i face planted in my pasta at the cheesecake factory oh. in front of a woman in front of this woman who is a drug and alcohol counselor and so 
I don't really know how that how that all ended. I just know that a couple days later, I called her and I said, "Hey, I think I need to go to rehab." And she's like, "Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me help you with that." <laughs> so I spent um, I spent another Christmas in uh, in a rehab place for a few months in Northern Florida, and um, I remember I got out on December twenty sixth, and in rehab, they were like, you know what? You just need to go to the West coast. Like, we don't want to discharge you anywhere on the East coast. Like you've, you know, kind of done enough over here. Why don't, so that's how I ended up in the Bay area, uh, <laughs> door to door, uh, from, from a, a treatment center to a halfway house in the Bay. And I remember calling, I was at some Walgreens on December 26th, like just arrived in the Bay. And I called my, my Nana to say, you know, Merry Christmas. Sorry, I couldn't call you on Christmas. I was, you know, I'm an alcoholic. I'm, um, and she, I just like, (laughs) she was just like, Oh, okay. It's okay. Um, and then, so then fast forward, I don't know, seven, eight years to like a couple Christmases ago when I first got again, like air quote sober, um, and I was I was in a meeting in the area where I where I kind of exiled myself to get sober because I was really desperately I was afraid of, you know, the people, places and things thing. I, I had to, like, pick an area in the woods, essentially, that I could live in this little town where nobody knew me that I wouldn't be tempted with with anything. So I was in a meeting and I just remember, like, hysterically crying because I was like my dad lives in, in South Florida. So he's like invited me, you know, and I wanted, I was by myself. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to go. And I was in this meeting and you know, the topic was like, you know, the holidays, like, what do you do? And and I just broke down and I was like, I don't want to go back. There's so many bad memories from there and this and that. And, and I was just freaking out and everyone was just like, it was so uncomfortable. Like I, I just kept crying and everyone was kind of like, trying to give me like a, a big book and a, a living sober. I, somebody gave me a living sober and they wrote right. their phone number <laughs> and, and they were like, just read this, you know? Um, and I'm, I'm serious. And just read this it. and die. <laughs> <laughs> no. And so I went and so my sponsor at the time, she, she, she definitely meant well, but she was like, you know, this is what you have to do. You have to get your own, you have to rent a car. I was going for 24 hours to, to, uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas dinner or something, one of the holidays. She, you need to rent your own car. You know, you need to have your own means of escape. You need to like, uh, you know, do all this, go pick, get the meeting list and this and that. So I was like, all I heard was like, get your own car. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll rent my car. And I made it such a pain in the ass. Like my dad, all he wanted to do was like spend the holiday with me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no dad, I am, I, I am triggered. I cannot have you pick me up from the airport. I need to go do this on my own. He was like, okay. Like, so I, I rented a car and drove it like in for 24 hours, essentially. I didn't leave the house once it was pointless. Um, and then fast forward again to like, I guess the most recent Christmas when I had post going through the steps in the book and being recovered. And like, I went there and I was like, chilling i was like oh right. this is not about me this is like right. what i'm invited to a holiday with my family like what can i do to make it better for them nice. how can i how can i like not be 
a train wreck and how can I how can I like add to their experience like they're they're inviting me here like what can I do to be to be good right and it, it was just such a it was you know and I was in the same area that I've I had been in for those horrible years of my life and like it just was like the sun was shining like it wasn't it wasn't right. like some horrible thing and in my in my family, like you know, somebody in my family is is an active alcoholic too, and you know, she's drinking and you know, chain smoking, two packs of Marlboro Lights in the house, and you know, and I'm just like, okay, what can I do to to be to be helpful in this situation, you know? Awesome. And it just, it, yeah, it, it like, but I mean, I still hate Florida. I'm sorry, <laughs> no, I know you're from there, but. Um, oh God, just, no, no, not, not a good state. Untaken. Um, <laughs> I, I hate it, <laughs> but you know, it's just, yeah, it's, it's really not the whole people, places and things. Like if you're, if you're, you know, with God, you can do it. It's, it's nothing to be, to be afraid of. And it's not about you. Like there's been so many holidays where it's been like, I am the focus of like the prayers that are in the beginning of the Thanksgiving dinner. Like, you know, please don't die you know and right. it's i don't want to be i don't want to do that anymore right i have this kind of two polar experiences where like my my wife's dad is uh, not going to say anything that i will have to make amends for on this podcast today <laughs> <laughs> my wife's dad is in the fellowship that bambi joe used to be a, a part of mm -hmm. that I don't think we've named um, and has a few decades of experience and abstinence there. I think that's probably the most clinical way I could say that. Um, so when we are doing, um, you know, holiday get together type stuff, there will, there'll be comments from him to my wife or whoever of stuff like, you know, when somebody is like, talking about you know sp rum spiked eggnog or whatever the situation is where he'll be like oh no you don't want to you don't want to tempt john you know and he'll be like very serious about it you know like you now don't you know keep that away from john he you know he doesn't need to smell that or you know like whatever very well meaning wow. very well meaning but like to me it's just like it, it, it's it's like, bro, you're a chuckle factory. Like, it's just, it's just oh, like, okay, you know, it's like I'm fundamentally in a different place than what you're imagining or apparently what you are. I don't know. Um, but then you have my mom who, who gets that I'm not in that place, but also goes in this other like left field thing where she's like, I don't think he's tempted. I was like, he's just grown up. He's just grown beyond that. <laughs> yeah. Now. yeah. He finally matured uh -oh. and you know that thing. And it's like yeah. and then your, you're just your sitting parents there like, and my parents. Right. You're just sitting there like, okay, I'm just I'm just smiling. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, I'm thinking about how uh I'm thinking about how Ted was over at the house for dinner a couple weeks ago and we were I was like, Do you want to smell the do you smell the wine that the girls are going to drink? And we were both, oh yeah, for sure, definitely. Oh, that smells. That smells like good wine. You know, if I was not an alcoholic, I bet that would probably taste pretty good. <laughs> Brittany, do you? So, can I ask you? Because I know people who've had experiences where there's a particular time of year where they were like cyclical. They're always in rehab yeah. at that time of the year. What is your experience like now? 
um, during the holidays, is it, is it strange being like, oh yeah, this is the time of year where I flame out. This is my time, you know, like. It used to be, you know, when I was doing hardcore drugs, like it was always the, when the cold breeze hit the air after summer, it was like, oh, time to shoot up, you know, like it was like always like, yeah. <laughs> like it was that time. And it, it stuck in my head always of like for years, like, yep, the fall means that I'm just not going to be sober and like, it's going to be depressing and, yeah. you know, and now it's, I just, I I feel like I am just a completely different human being than right. that. Like now I'm so like, cool. my boyfriend and I are like, oh, we're going to get stockings and get a Christmas tree. You know, it's, I don't even think of, I don't know who that Brittany is. Right. Like that Brittany, I don't know. That's wild. That's so I, cool. love, I do love, I do love fall though. It's like the crisp fall air, the crunch of the leaves, you know, and black tar heroin. Crunch <laughs> of the needle in the vein, Yeah. <laughs> You sitting there with your jam and a lighter on a spoon, just <laughs> okay. So, Brittany, what your story made me think of is, um, I was at, I was at this meeting and I go to the I they don't have this meeting right now because of COVID, but I, I've been going to this meeting pretty regularly for a while, and it's in a treatment center. And this person shows up who I've never seen at this meeting, but he clearly knows some of the some of the other regulars, and um, they start the meeting. We don't at that meeting they don't have like a a standard like birthday or anniversary or anything. It's just, but they, they kind of, they start the meeting and then they stop and they're kind of like, Hey, we're going to do this whole presentation for this guy who I've never seen before. Who's literally never been to this meeting and they're going to present him with his 10 year chip. Okay. <laughs> and his sponsors there is this whole big deal. And the way this meeting works is it's, it's in a treatment center. So it'll be like, it's a, it's a men's meeting. So it'll be like anywhere between 25 and 50, residents of the program and then there's like 12 to 14 of us and we kind of go in order and we just kind of talk through the whole thing and they just kind of listen and ask questions or whatever well so it all leads to and they've kind of they uh, some of the people who kind of run the meeting were had obviously planned this it's all going to lead to this guy is going to like close the meeting you know he's going to be the last one to talk and um and he he I don't know anything about this person. I just know he's gotten 10 years. And I know some of the people he kind of runs with or whatever. So I, I had mixed emotions as to what might be coming. So, um, <laughs> so he, he gets started on his talk after everyone else has gone and proceeds to say um, that the reason he's been able to maintain 10 years of sobriety is because number one, he makes sure that he, his vehicle never gets blocked in at a party. God, Okay, so if you go to the party, you just make sure that you have an exit, right? So your car is always the one, like park it six miles down the road so it, can, it can't possibly get blocked in, right? Number two, um, get really good at making mocktails. Okay, but you have to bring your own mocktails and you can't let anybody else near your mocktails because you don't want anybody like accidentally spiking your mocktail and then it becomes a cocktail because if you know so so um if you if you make sure that you always have an exit strategy and you make sure to mix your own mocktails um then that is how you too can find 10 years of sobriety god Jesus. oh inspiration that's gold that's gold Wait, can you repeat that, that? i was writing it yeah <laughs> slower hang, hang on Put it I mean, we're recording, so we'll have that. Around. Yeah, we'll just play it back. <laughs> Should we do another um, symposium on the steps? Another 
another one of those conferences. I was going to say, are we, do, are we going to do that? Yeah, let's do yeah, another but, conference all about mocktails. No. I do, I do have a good mocktail. You put a Ed and I are going to open mocktails and you know, <laughs> No one will know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, you know what else? John, you were talking about your hotel experience, and it made me think I was in Vegas last weekend, and um, I was I was trying to figure out who was on cocaine the entire time. You know what I mean? Because I was like, awesome. 32% of you motherfuckers are on cocaine, and mm. I'm going to figure out which one of you it is. <laughs> I know I know half of those people are on drugs. Right. And here's the thing. Other than the obvious ones, you know? <laughs> you don't like know. This, yeah. You really have no idea. <laughs> right. Yeah, we, we did that uh, show... Um, for Halloween and our drummer played an entire set of misfit songs with us and then immediately played an entire set of um, punkorama songs so like no effects bad religion like mm -hmm. fast even faster than the misfits back to back oh dear I was talking to him afterwards and I was like how did you do that dude and he was like I made some joke about Coke or something like that. And he was like, he was like, oh no, I'm powered entirely by Satan. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Savannah last weekend for a bachelor party and we went paintballing and it was like, it was like big Tiger King vibes. It was like in this compound off a highway. And I got there and my, immediately my hackles went up and I was like, there's meth here. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, which one of you guys has the meth? I was like, do it. I was like, does anyone in the bachelor party want to try meth? Because I will get it for you. And, and then we went to, we did this bar crawl and we, and the people who were hosting it, I was like, we went to six fucking bars. It was supposed to end at 10 and it ended at one in the morning. And the, uh. there was a drag queen bar crawl. So the drag queens were leading the thing. And I kept talking to my friend, Jeff. I was like, do you think Miss J's on Coke? There's no way. How is she still doing this? Right. What? Yeah. Um, I didn't see it though. I don't I don't know. Maybe she's stronger than I am. Can I can I make a, a proposal here, proposition? See who's behind Ooh. me on this. Oh my. Um I would like to call for an indefinite moratorium on the usage of the term squirrely. <laughs> oh <my. laughs> that's, uh, Why? Yeah. That's one that I hear in these holiday. How, how do you slog through the holiday meetings? Um, <laughs> holiday meetings. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. you know, and Ted, Ted made me think about it. Cause it's just like, you know, this is just that time of year. A lot of us get squirrely. <laughs> A lot of us start or getting squirrely. Around, around your anniversary, too. You get a little... Yeah! Squirrely. I used <laughs> to hear that. About? <laughs> like, when people would, people would come to a meeting, and they would be really angry and really just, like, resentful, and then they'd be like, well, my, you know, my anniversary's coming up, so I guess this is, like, pre-medallion syndrome. Oh, I've said that uh, so many times. Pre-medallion? I'm like, I, I can't, I can't ha celebrate 90 days. No. Can't do it. It's triggering. <laughs> When I, when I was so right? funny, I was in school. We, we had a graduation party, quote unquote. For I was in this recovery community. I was drinking the entire time that I was in this. I was I was going every Wednesday to these recovery meetings with all these other students who were in recovery, but I was not once sober for any of it. They're uh, like Ted, you make this look easy. Right. Oh, <laughs> like actively intoxicated at the graduation <laughs> ceremony. Well, so they awarded all these kids. They're not all kids. They're all 
you know, you can imagine there are all kinds of, there's a lot of non-traditional students or whatever who are in recovery. Everybody got to give a speech and their sponsor or their parents came up and gave a little speech about how much they'd changed. It was really beautiful. Like truly at the time, it was really nice. Like 60 or 70% of those people relapsed in the immediate wake of that. Aww. It was because it was like, it was in hindsight, it was like, ah, oh, you're done now. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> you you graduated. You finished. You're over with it. And yeah. like one of the guys is back on heroin. And it's just like, mm. so I am a little stitious about like having those sorts of things. So I'm like, what's the point? Why do we, it's not, you're not done. What, what do you do? Right. You get an award for not putting a here's liquid your, in your body. Like, here's your on. balloons, your flowers, your right. recovery based gift. Everyone's yeah. going to pass this card around the entire meeting. Right. We're all going to sign it. And now we're going to take turns sharing about the wonder that is you. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not very comfortable with that. While the newcomer cries in the corner. Right. What Brittany was talking be. about is so is, is basically what we're all getting at over and over again. It's like, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm literally a different person than I used to mm-hmm. be. Like I, I'm, yeah. I'm like, I'm, I, my my idea of fun was, you know, um, trying really, really, really hard not to black out before like 9 p.m. Yeah, know? at an inappropriate time. Not that I wasn't <laughs> yeah, going to black out. Right. It just needed to be. Not black out in general. <laughs> it's not at the wrong time. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I it's don't like at be least, the first one. Right. I was going to say, like, at least wait till your parents get to bed. Yeah. You know, it's like. It's like if you're with like the it's like with the other people of your age, it's okay. But like you gotta at least get past like nine thirty on Christmas night, right? Right. And and it's it's I think yeah you know obviously the real tragedy is like that there are people in recovery who are squirrely around their anniversary or they are squirrely or, around the holidays because it's like yeah it's like cool this is you know like I literally live live my life today you know by this design and like. I have recovery. It's and that neutrality is always there, you know. Yeah. I, I I seek God's will every day through these directions, and I always have that experience. At the end of every day, there's never been a day since I've been active in those directions where I've been like, it was really hard not to think about drinking today. It's never right. happened, you know. And no. so trying to explain that to somebody who used to like see me <laughs> like every holiday was just like wow, he's even more a blurry, slobbering, blackout drunk now, you know, than, than non-holidays, you know, like they, they don't mm-hmm. witness my interior, my interior life. And they don't know that, that I'm not white knuckling my way through that. But, you know, I do think that no matter what their experience may be, that they can see that I'm not miserable while sober, you know, like in previous attempts at sobriety. There are probably so people who excited. who will listen to this though who are feeling squirrely, and then I think there's a <laughs> right. But you know what they've I'm already like, relapsed by this point in the episode. Damn though. it! It's true. <laughs> We've triggered them. Uh, no, but there's a t- there's this vibe that people that I've sponsored ha- have that I know exists where it's like when people who have had an experience who have recovered or whatever who do stop doing you know stop doing the work or whatever and they start to get a little squirrely and then they feel like that it's they're bad. Right. Or like mm-hmm. they've fucked up and then they can't tell anybody about it. And it's like, it's mm-hmm. such an easy fix right. and it's such a val- It's like, it is a disease. Right. So if you stop doing the thing, you are going to feel that way. And the trick is if anybody's right. listening, who feels feel that way, it's not like you fucked up and you're fucking bad and you can't tell anybody. It's like, mm-hmm. no dude, just 
immediately just start doing the same thing you were doing before. It's really easy. Mm-hmm. So it's just exactly. like, I don't, just don't want anybody who's like, who's, yep. or, you know, who had an experience to be like, oh, now I, now I'm a fucking piece of shit. Like, it's not like that, but right. it's entirely preventable. It's a very easy fix. You know, Agreed. it's like, where are you in your step 10? Where are you in your yeah. step 11? Are exactly. you sponsoring people? Are you actively seeking people to help? Like, that's, that's the first words out of my mouth. And I learned that from Ted. Oh yeah. Yeah. Ted yeah. taught me that. And, and so that's what I asked my sponsor. If my sponsees are doing that, like, I'm like, you know, where are you in 10? Like what, what's, yeah. how are you doing with 11? Like what's your morning routine? Look, you know, that kind of thing. And all that good stuff. But I've, I've never been more excited to celebrate the holidays this year. Like yeah. I'm, I'm so, and it's, it's just so exciting, like to be able to help my mom, like I love helping her and doing dishes and cleaning and making sure the place is clean for her because she can't do these things anymore. Mm-hmm. She's elderly, which I still can't wrap my brain around. That's and nuts. so just being able to like be able to be of service, like in, in whatever way I can around the holidays is just fucking bananas. I'm just, yeah. I just love it, you know, and also not have to ask for weird sober literature. <laughs> For Christmas. Uh, on that note i gotta bounce guys so all right amy hashtag squirrely moratorium squirrely moratorium <laughs> bye guys bye. 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 Yeah. all right that's the holiday show thanks <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to have to Classic. in and edit this out so, so thanks everybody <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Merry Christmas.